It's your coach that knows hoops the most And we back this episode 11 Feeling like heaven Happy cave day everybody If you from Detroit you already know what it is It's the NBA draft tonight And we drafting cave man So we back with another episode Took a little bit of a hiatus You know they working on my office space So I don't really have the room to record And do the things I want to do So I took a little bit of time off I let the basketball topics build up a little bit So I could come in here and give y'all a deep dive On some basketball information Because you already know how I get This week we're going to talk about the Nike EYBL We're going to recap that Talk about Keon Minifield's impact with the family and what he did down there in Georgia. We're going to talk about some new coaching hires in the NBA and in high school. We're going to talk about having the experience versus having the plug. I'm going to drop some gems on that one. Going to talk about the TBT tournament, uh, the draft a little bit. Got some mid recruits that's in the draft. Check my article out, mittenrecruit.com. And, of course, we're going to talk about the NBA. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most. And we're going to start off with the, the Nike EYBL. They wrapped up their tournament last week and they went two weeks. They went 10 days straight and they had the Nike Jam and they had they had, you know, teams competing. And some of the best players in the country were down in Georgia getting in. So if you didn't make it to the Peace Jam, you still stayed afterwards down there and played consolation games. But it was all about the pool play. You had the main streets that got, had some Michigan guys on their team. You have base fundamentals that have Michigan guys on their team. And of course, you got the family that was down there that is full of Michigan guys on their team because they are Michigan based. Uh, but I want to talk about Imani Bates first. Uh, because he didn't play with team final, probably because he doesn't live in an adjoining state. Um, he was down there with Bates Fundamentals, and Amani does what Amani do. You know, he scores, and he can score at a very high level. I mean, he had 33 one game. Uh, the, the thing with Amani was they weren't very successful. They couldn't beat all Ohio Red. They struggled against not. I mean, they couldn't. They really couldn't. It didn't translate to wins. So even though Amani scored a lot. And they won a few games. They didn't make it to the final piece jam. So after that, they were just down there playing games. Um, but that's how his game is. When you play with him, it's just, you know, standing around watch him, watching him score, which he can do at a, at a high level. I really like seeing Orlando Lovejoy getting some, getting some juice. And he played well down there. And even though he was on the same team as Imani Bates, you can still see that Orlando Lovejoy is probably one of the top guards in our state. He has a couple, he has a few offers, uh, but he was going at guys. And I like that. Even though he was playing with a mind, he's like, look, I can play too. We got some players on this team that you have to guard too. And that was my whole thing with base fundamental. It was just like, it was the Amani Bates show. And that's cool. It just did not translate into wins. The family 16U probably had the best team that I've seen in the Michigan. They, they, well, put it to you like this. They played the best on the highest stage. So they got a really good team. You got Sonny Wilson that goes to UAD. You got Curtis Jackson. Uh, Curtis Jackson. Curtis Williams that plays high school uh, for Rick Palmer at Brother Rice. So you got him. And they got some other pieces. You got uh, Jonathan Blackwell on that team. Uh, really good team. Tyler Jamison from Port Huron Northern is on that team. 
Uh, really good team. They played very well. They only lost two games. And the two games that they lost are the two teams that competed for the EYBL 16U championship that was played on ESPN. But the thing about this team, they played well together. And then it was the Sonny Wilson show. Like, it was his coming out party. Like, we, we understand that he can play here in Michigan, but he did. It was something a little different. He wasn't just, he was out there hooping for real. And you could tell by when you watch that first game, there's nobody there. The second game, there's a few people there. By the time they went 3-0 and or 2-1, and by the time that third game started, that gym was packed. It was coaches there like, oh, we need to start watching this team because they got some players on it. And if they got some players on it, we need to get involved because Blackwell, man, he's He's a really good player. He doesn't get enough credit. I don't think Jonathan Blackwell from Brother Rice gets enough credit of how good he is. He's just as good as Curtis Williams. Curtis Williams is ranked top 50 in the country. It should be Blackwell. In my humble opinion, both players are very good, but Blackwell played well. Henry Garrity, another kid from Brother Rice, uh, shot the ball really well for this team. I think it's a really good team. They play good team basketball, and I really enjoyed watching uh, the 16U, you can go to my Twitter feed. You can see some of the videos that I posted, uh, especially on uh, Mint and Recruit online. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Keon Minifield, we've been talking about Keon for a full year. And nationally, nationwide, people are understanding why we have been talking about Keon, even though he only had two offers. He only had two offers before the summer started. So it wasn't like he had a bunch of offers, but we've been talking about Keon way before he got those two offers in June. He had 30-something in the state championship game. He was in our unsigned hype seniors list. So we been knew that Keon Minifield was a stud. It's just that he went down to the Peace Jam and he put on. And that's what you do, man. That's what real ball players do. If you're upset about your recruitment, if you're upset that a team hasn't offered you, you go and play against the best guys you can play with and you show out. You, you prove that you're the best player in the room. Then they ain't, got no, they ain't got no choice but to offer you. They ain't got no choice but to recruit you. So that's what he did. I mean, he, he, um, he's, he re-up, he reclassed, I'm sorry. So he's going to go prep. He's going to go to the skills factory in Georgia. So that opens up. So now he's not a 21 recruit. He's a 22 recruit. And he put on, man. I mean, the boy went down there, led the EYBL and scoring. And not only did he pick up offers, he picked up offers from St. Louis, New Mexico State, UMass, St. Bonaventure, Boston College, and Washington that plays in the Pac-12. So he wasn't just getting mid-major offers. Like he getting some big offers, and he played well enough to get those offers. So to my ball players out there, if you really want to get on, at some point, you're going to play against some really good players. And if you dominate those said players, people are going to find out and they're going to find out fast. And that's exactly what happened with Keon. He went down to the Peace Jam. He put on and he came away with a bag full of offers. So he came away with the bag, as the kids like to say. He got the bag. Now, speaking about mitten recruit guys playing for other teams. So Mean Streets probably had one of the best 17 U team top four because uh, they didn't win it or play in the final. So you could say they were a top four team in the EYBL, and they're led by guys that play high school basketball in Michigan. So their point guard is Kareem Rozier. Kareem Rozier got two offers, but he's the point guard of one of the best teams in the EYBL. He showed he could play at that level. Now, I'm not saying she get high major offers, 
but why hasn't every Division One school here in Michigan offered? Why hasn't Oakland offered? Why hasn't Western, Eastern Michigan? Like, these are the schools that should have offered him by now. He got put on. He put on on the biggest stage in high school basketball. And he can't get an offer just because he's little? You're going to regret that. You're going to, coaches, you're going to regret not offering Kareem Rozier, another player that we've been talking about here on this very podcast, because you know it's your coach that knows hoops the most. He needs more offers. Ty Rogers went down there and showed he's one of the top 10 players in the country. I think his ranking goes up. I think they got him ranked around 20 now. I mean, he might be outside 10 now. I just want, I just want Ty Rogers to stay home. I want you to either be a Flintstone and go to Michigan State or be a part of the Fab Five era coached Wolverines. He needs to be at Michigan State or Michigan. He don't need to be at Xavier or Marquette or whoever else to offer him because everybody in the country is offering him. He needs to be at Michigan or Michigan State. And I don't care if there is a log jam at Michigan State because they're going to be really good. But guess what? Gabe Brown's got to he's got to, you know. He got to make a decision after next year because he's either going to be a junior or a senior. They got some guys on that team they're going to have to make a decision on. And the freshmen are going to play, but we've talked about that before. So he can, he can go right to state and he'll fit right in. And he can go to Michigan and fit right in. He could go anywhere and fit right in, but it needs to be right here in Michigan, man. We don't need, we can't lose Ty Rogers. Now, I'm not saying all of our top guys should go to Michigan or Michigan State, but the best of the best should go to Michigan or Michigan State. Just like Pierre Brooks, Mr. Basketball, goes to Michigan State. Jay Nakins goes to Michigan State. Kobe Bufkin goes to Michigan. We should get the top guys to stay home, and hopefully Ty Rogers does that because he just made, he does it all, man. He's a player. He's, a, he's the player's, he's the coach's favorite. He's the coach's favorite. He's going to dive on the loose four. He's going to get an extra pass. He's going to get on the offensive rebounds. He's going to guard the best player. He's going to take the open shot. He's going to drive what he got to drive. Like, he just does it all, man. I love Ty Rogers' game, man. I wish I could, I wish I could coach Ty Rogers because that kid is amazing. He's not just good. He's amazing. And you also got R.J. Taylor that played for Mean Streets, who's, who was playing up. You forget he's playing up. He's a 23. He's not a 22. He's a 23, and he was playing up. And he play, He has some very good moments down there at Peace Jam. He showed that he can handle the pressure because a lot of people think he can't handle the pressure. That he's just some shooter, but he's not a shooter. He's a point guard and he's a leader. He can make shots. Don't get me wrong. He can make shots at a high level. A uh, very good player. Probably one of the, our better uh, 23 guards. I would say probably top five or 10 because uh, that 23 class is just loaded. And he's right there, man. He's very solid. Uh, coach's son. His dad coached at, uh, at Northwood while I was playing. Um, so shout out to Bob Taylor, but yeah, these two kids, man, if you're not recruiting RJ Taylor and Kareem Rozier coaches, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, I really don't. I don't understand. I understand. Hopefully they start to get some more offers. Wish they could play for a Michigan team, but that's another topic for another day. I'm going to, I'm going to table that one. I'm going to, I was going to talk about it this pod about, you know, our Michigan players, our best players, not playing on one team because our coaches don't get along. But our best, there's no reason why Ty Rogers and Amadi Bates have never played AU together. Not a single game. Not one. Those are our best two players. And I would love to see them two on the same team, but we ain't never seen it. I would like to see Big Jack play for our, one of our teams instead of playing for any heat. But like I said, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, we have some new coaching hires. We have some new coaching hires in high school. 
and some new coaching hires in the NBA. I wanted to touch on for a little bit. Uh, Mike Williams, Mike Williams of Flint Beecher fame, six-time state champion, will now be the head coach at Davidson. Now, Davidson is north of Flint, um, kind of a suburb of Flint, if you would say. And, you know, some Flint people had a problem with Mike Williams taking the job at Davidson. But what you, what you don't know is I talk to Mike all the time. And Mike would just, just give you all these stories about all these parents that give him so such a hard time and uh, want him to be f- fired and all this other stuff. They didn't love and appreciate what they had. They should have appreciated coach, made him an AD in the school. Like, what else did the guy got to do? He won six state titles. Like, I mean, not six state. I'm saying he won a bunch of state titles. What else to keep? What else the coach got to do? Before you give him some love, before you give him a job in the building that pays a nice amount of money so he can take care of his family. So Davidson gave him the opportunity. They gave him, you know, um, the treatment. They gave him the treatment. They say, you know what, coach? We know you're a high caliber coach. We're going to pay you enough for you can do this and coach. And you're going to lead our team uh, for the next however many years you want to be here. So shout out to to Mike Williams uh, for getting the job at Davidson. You had two NBA uh, well, not two, two or three NBA coaching hires that I want to talk about. J. Kidd goes to Dallas. I like that because that's going to be huge for Luka. Big guard, Jason Kidd, bigger guard, and Luka Doncic. So you might see Luka take the next step, but I mean, him taking the next step, I mean, he just had 43 and 11 in, on, on the biggest stage in the world in the Olympics. So, I mean, he's playing at a very high level. So J. Kidd giving him his little bags and tricks is going to help him. Chauncey Billups goes to, uh, to Portland, so I, I like that move. Hopefully, Chauncey can give Damian Lillard some sauce and they don't trade him. Uh, keep what you got because he's going to lose a lot of money if he goes somewhere else. And my main man, the guy that grew up on the same street as I did, right there on Maryland, Northwest Detroit, went to Cooley. Did he, Willie Green is the mitten recruit. He went to a PSL school. He went to the local college at UAD. Like, that's what you want. You want your local talent, not only to stay home, but to stay home and excel. And that's exactly what Willie Green did. He excelled at UAD, played 13 years in the NBA, starts coaching with the Golden State Warriors, wins a couple titles with them, doing skill development. Well, if he's doing skill development, who is he working out? Hmm, let's think. Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole when he gets drafted, like, you know, Willie Green was the guy that was skill development, assistant coach. Like, he was doing his thing behind doors. Goes from there, and it goes to Phoenix. And you see the merging of a Phoenix and their younger players, the Cam Johnsons, uh, the Cameron Paynes, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Like, he got a chance to really have his ha- be hands-on some really good players and some really good young players. And it's like, hmm, who got those young players together? But guess what? Guess what program has been talking about Willie Green? You guessed it. This one right here. I told y'all over a year ago when they hired Steve Nash in Brooklyn, if Steve Nash can get a job, so can my guy Willie Green. And that's exactly what happened. He gets the head job in New Orleans. Hats off to him. Congratulations. Hopefully they can get it done and they can get some more pieces with Zion and Lonzo Ball and get rid of Eric Bledsoe as fast as you can, Brandon Ingram, to get him to play some defense, hopefully. Uh, but they got some pieces on that roster. They're only a couple players away where they can really be a factor 
So I like him going to New Orleans because it's not a bad job. It's not like going to, I don't know. I, I, I can't even tell you. It's not like going to the cast. It's not like you're John Beeline getting the cast job. Ain't nobody there. You don't win no games. And in a year, you out of a job. I mean, you got Zion right there. If you can keep Zion happy, if you can find a way to build a relationship between Zion and Ball, oh, man. And, and you got a B.I. in there? Whew. I mean, they got the potential to be kind of like what Phoenix did. It, it didn't take a whole lot of time for Phoenix to turn the corner. Well, you got to make some moves. You got to shake. You got to move and shake. You got to get Crowder and you got to get CP3 like Phoenix did. But if New Orleans can do something like that, I think they could be really good. So hopefully uh, Willie Green can get the ball rolling down at uh, New Orleans. Now, here's a topic that I wanted to talk about this week. Drop some jewels on. And the topic is, the question is, this is not really the question. It's a statement. It's experience versus having the plug. Would you rather have the experience or would you rather have the plug? And here's what I mean. Having the plug is my guy is the athletic director and the athletic director don't care who interviews for the job. He hiring me. That's the plug. That's what you call the plug, right? Or do you want to have the experience where it don't matter who has the plug, where you have the experience to get the job. And I'm me personally, I'm fighting between the two, fighting between having the experience versus having the plug, right? So I've got to, so let me give you a little backstory. So I interviewed, and this is part of the reason why I had a little bit of a hiatus. So I interviewed for a high school job. Get a phone call. You should interview for this job. I'm like, ah, all right, cool. So I interviewed for this job. Of course, I killed the interview, but there were three people on interview and all three people wanted to hire three different coaches. Well, all three coaches didn't kill the interview. Some, somebody had to have the best interview. So it really had nothing to do with the interview, but had everything to do with who has to plug to get whoever they want hired, right? So have a great interview, talking to the superintendent, talking to the AD, all these people, right? And they end up hiring somebody else. Not only did they hire somebody else, they hired somebody else that has zero experience, never coached before. Did they play at a high level? Yes, they did. Were they a very good high school player? Yes. Were they, were, were they a very good college player? Yes. Has he ever caught a timeout? No. And it's no shot to him. He probably do well. Young kid, young kid. Um, I like passing the torch to the young coaches because at some point the young coach gotta, you know, you gotta get in, you gotta get your elbows in the game. You know, because I'm no longer young, even though I'm 40, I'm I'm the old head. Like people, people have forgotten what I've done. They, they forgot I've been coaching for 17 years, coaching since 2004. So that's when I'm talking about when I have an experience, I'll sit down and you'll look at my resume and you'll look up and be like, why are you at this job? Why do you want to coach high school? I've had people tell me online, man, you a college coach. I don't know why you interview for high school jobs anyway. You a college coach, but you can't be a college coach without the plug. If you ain't got the plug, it ain't happening. So, my plug on the college end, it might as well just be unplugged. Because the school I went to, they didn't want me. They didn't want me. And that was obvious. So maybe if somebody else get there, I might get a phone call to come back. But I don't know if I ever go back to Saginaw. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Do you want to have the experience versus having the plug? And it's, it, all, it all really depends on what you're looking for. Me personally, I don't really... 
at first, was I upset? I was. And I'm glad I didn't do the pod a week or two ago when it happened, because I probably would have been dropping bombs and doing all of that. But sometimes you just got to come to the table and it's like, look, it wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be. Because I don't have a plug. The guy who got the job, he's in with the person that was doing the hiring. It was, hey, man, we're going to hire my guy. It's like, damn, I just just throw my 17 years and experience out the window. But what it does, what it did was it taught me that, you know what? People really don't care. They don't care where you coached. They don't care who your best player was five years ago. They don't care who you coached AAU for. They don't care about none of that. Can you win? Can you get some players? And who's your plug? That's what they care about, particularly high school. So if you ain't got the plug, forget about it. If you, just, if you think you just about to interview for a job and get it, it's not happening. It's not happening in 2021. They can give a damn about your resume. They can give a damn. Like my resume, just you might as well just throw it out the window. Do you want me to be the coach or not? Do I got the plug? It's my guy, the guy that's calling the shots because if he ain't, I ain't getting the job. That's obvious. So when you're coaching high school basketball or college basketball, you want to do your best to have both. You want to be able to have experience like I have. I've got experience coaching high school, college, JUCO, AAU, experience. But I also know that I also got to have a plug too. So don't call me for no job if you ain't if I ain't the, if you ain't the plug. Now if you the plug, if you the guy that all right, this who we going we going to take whoever I say we going to take. All right, cool, you can call me. But actually, I'm staying put and I'm chilling. I'm, I'm taking mid recruit to the next level. That's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take mid recruit to the next level. I ain't need to be a head coach anyway. I did that, man. I did that. I did that. Y'all forgot. Y'all forgot anyway. Y'all don't even remember me coaching in the PSL. That's what crazy is. That mid-2000s to mid-2010s era in the PSL, y'all just completely forget about. You forget about the Keith Applin era. You just totally forgot about the Keith Applin era. Forget about what he's doing on his personal life. That whole era of basketball, you know, forgot about AW Canada. You know, forgot about Persian. You know, forgot about, you know, all the greats that, that came through. You know, you forgot about Cass. You forgot about Dave Dixon. Just for just, it's, it's, it's almost like that era of PSL got the, the men in black light. Like you just forget about the era and just, there's everybody just, we just gonna forget about this era one, two, three, doof, doof, and everybody forget. You forget about Eric Evans who was one of the best guards I've coached against winning the city title at Northwestern. You forget about that. Like that, that didn't happen. You didn't, you don't, you forget about the good teams they had at Cody. Just forgot about those teams. The teams at Henry Ford. Like you just forgot about all that. The good teams at Central. So, you know, that's part of it too. But if you want any advice from me, if you're going to interview for a coaching position in 2021, you want to have both. And if you don't have both, one or the other has to be really, really stellar. So the only reason I had a shot at this job was because my resume was unquestionable. You can't question anything on my resume. So it was in my interview. I killed the interview. I always kill the interview. So in the interview, they looking like, man, we might want to hire it. And that's happened to me twice. Well, I wasn't the lead guy, but I interviewed so well. They like, man, you sure your guy better than this guy we interviewing? Because from on paper, it looks like a no brainer. And they like, no, nah, no, nah, we still going to hire that guy. So, OK, I'm just making sure because the, the way he just rolling this off looks like this might be our guy. So in 2021, you want to be able to have the plug and have the experience. 
And if 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 you have the super plug, you really don't need the experience. But if you got a lot of experience, you ain't got the plug, you ain't getting the job. And I just wanted to let you guys know that because it happens. It happened to me. Happened to me twice. Just remain positive. Stay pushing. Uh, that job is coming. That school, that that organization is going to hire a high level coach. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most. You know, I got to talk about, we got all type of basketball talk to talk about this week. Um, we got the TBT tournament coming on. One of my favorite, I will say, it's becoming my new favorite event. So when it first started coming on, I wouldn't watch no games. I wouldn't pay attention to it. And then last year, <clears throat> started paying a little more attention to it. Uh, I started seeing more Michigan guys on more teams. And I'm like, okay. And then we even had the episode where we talked about um, Michigan players being on one TBT team. I think my starting five was Kay Felder, Maurice Jones, E.C. Matthews, Vince Hunter, and Ali Hadar. And I probably would replace Ali Hadar with, with Jalen Reynolds. Probably would sw swap that out. Um, two years later, I probably would swap that out and probably bring a couple more guys off the bench. Uh, but we're not talking about the Michigan team. And hopefully, I got an idea for a TBT Michigan team. It'll probably never happen. And somebody probably is going to hear this and try to do it. Go right ahead. I would rather you try to do it than I ain't got the time to do it, man. I'm trying to focus on that stuff. We should have a team here in Michigan called Sparty Wolves. And somehow get some of the, the, the better MSU players to play with some of the better Michigan players. Now, I know the rivalry is high. I know there's no way in the world it would happen. Like you putting Duke players on the same team as North Carolina? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Because just think about it, man. If, if you got, you know, you got PD, PD Sims from Michigan on the same team as Brandon Dawson from Michigan State, them some athletic bigs, man. They can guard anything. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, uh, it's just endless. I mean, it's I, like I said, I know it will never happen. But if I was putting a TV team together, I would want to put the best Michigan State players with some with some Michigan players, put them all on one team, call it Sparty Wolves, and we could compete for it. You feel me? You know, other than that, I'm not sure what we're going to do. But I am rooting. The quarterfinals are this week. I think it's pretty awesome what they got going on. And Blue Collar U, that's the Buffalo Bulls. Play in the Mac. They were coached at one point by Nate Oates. So you see Nate Oates on TV. Who's a he, He's not from Michigan, but he might as well be. With the years that he put in at, at Romulus and winning the state title here in Michigan, he might as well just be a Michigan guy. I mean, he ain't no longer a Wisconsin guy. He a Michigan guy because he spent a lot of his time here working and coaching in the state of Michigan. So not only that, not only do you got Nate Oates, you got Wes Clark. Wes Clark already hitting buzzer beaters. I think he's already had two this week. He's on the team. You got Justin Moss from Romulus that played for Coach Oates on the team as well. Another mitten guy. And then you got Nick Perkins. Big Nick. Matt Player of the Year a few years ago. Played him a line. Won a state championship there. I just really like, I love Nick's game, man. I wish I could have coached him. Uh, I remember one time with Reach, he lit us up for 40 at height. And it was loud. It's like, y'all can't guard me and ain't nothing that you can do about it. I mean, he's a Zach Randolph type of player. Like, he's just, he a lefty. He going to jab you. He going to get into your body, fade away. I mean, I love Nick Perkins, man. I love his game. 
played very well at Buffalo. Now he's playing for the Blue Collar U. So I'm rooting for them, man. I'm rooting for them because I like rooting for Michigan players. And the TBT tournament's got the Elon in them. You got these guys playing for a million dollars. So they making phenomenal plays. Like, it's just really good basketball to watch. It's like high-level college basketball. It's like March Madness basketball. It's exactly what it is. It's the, It gives me the same feeling that March, because you know, in March Madness, when you lose, you done, man. That's it. It's like, ah, like I can't win no more. Like, that's it. It's our last game. I, ain't nothing we could do. That's why I like the TBT tournament. And... The Elon ending is cool. Like, you can't win on a free throw. You got to win on a scoring play. So you're going to get buzzer beaters. You're going to get, you know, guys that come back down six in a minute and come back and win the game. Like, just good basketball. And I like that, man. I really like the TBT tournament. So I'm going to be watching a little bit more. Uh, we got the quarterfinals coming up. Uh, that's probably the only basketball you're going to be able to watch outside of Team USA. And speaking of Team USA, well, before we get to Team USA, I, I, I got to say happy K-Day, 313, what it do, happy K-Day, dog. We getting K. So no more speculation. I already came across on the ticker. We getting K Cunningham wait hours before the draft start. I'm cool with that. Just turn your notifications off for Wolves because he going to ruin the draft for you. He going to be like, I know the second pick is coming up, but... You know, Houston Rockets taking Jalen Green. It's going to be like, damn, what happened to the anticipation? What what happened to, I wonder if they're going to take this guy or that guy. Whoa, just dropping bombs. Like, I'm going to tell you who the first 10 picks are. And it's like, well, why we need to watch the draft? So I'm pretty sure somebody from ESPN was like, ah, let's make sure we don't let that information out too soon because we still want people to watch the draft. And if you get a chance... Make sure you guys go check out SUV TV for their draft coverage. Their draft coverage is way better than ESPN. ESPN is just going to tell you some crazy stuff. Um, you're going to have Woj on there, talking trade talk, and you're going to have uh, Seth Green Greenberg comparing Mo Bamba to damn, who did he say Mo Bamba was? He said Mo Bamba was a mix of Anthony Davis and somebody else. Man, it was crazy, man. They just have some of the craziest takes. But pay attention. If you watch it, if you watch the draft, just pay attention to how much content they steal from Rashad Phillips. They're gonna say Kate Cunningham is like Grant Hill. They're gonna say Jalen Green is like Zach. I mean, Jalen Green is like Zach Levine. They're gonna say Evan Mobley is like um uh Rashad said he's like DeAndre Ayton. So just just notice that kind of stuff. But if it was me personally, and this is what I'm going to do, I'm gonna watch the draft coverage on SUV TV. Because they they got it they got it on lock man they do a really good job covering the draft but it's K day man so we getting K we didn't we didn't overthink this one you know I knew as soon as K signed the deal with Nike it was like yep he didn't know one pick he didn't know one pick yeah see once Nike puts the stamp on it he didn't know one pick they ain't they not about to they ain't signed Jalen Green. They signed K Cunningham because they know K is gonna be that guy so I'm look forward to uh you know I'm gonna call him. Cade Icewood. I, I'm waiting for somebody to steal my nickname for Cade. That's Cade Icewood, dog. Not Blade Icewood. That's Cade Icewood. Somebody get my man the buffs. Show him how to, you know, boss up. Boy, would you boss up and get this money? Come on, man. You know I'm from the city for real. But anyway, so the Pistons take Cade. But I'll tell you this. Even though the Pistons got Cade, and I, and I hope that he doesn't get compared to Jalen Green. And that's another one. Where did you hear about Jalen Green? You heard about Jalen Green first on this podcast. We talked about Jalen Green before he played on the G League at 19. Like, this man is electric. 
And that's exactly what he is. And that's why he gets the K the, the, the Zach Levine comparison. It's because he's so electric, he's so athletic that like like Rashad says, he's just gonna pop out off the screen at you. I don't like to take other people's takes, but I give respect to where it's due, especially uh Rashad, because he does a great job covering the draft. Now, I did an article this morning about uh, mitten recruits or guys from Michigan that's in the draft. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, freshman out of Kentucky, will probably go late. Lottery was probably picked 13 through 17. Late lottery or mid first round is, is what they're saying for Isaiah Jackson. Shot blocker, rebounder, defender, um, somebody that can change. He's, he's a Clint Capella. He's a Clint Capella. He's 6'10". He's long. He's going to block shots. And he's going to set screens, and he's going to run to the rim. Now, does he have the three ball in this game? I don't know. Some teams, they like their athletic bigs to just be just that, like Rashad Holmes. Rashad Holmes is an athletic big. He don't shoot a jump shot. DeAndre Ayton, he don't shoot a jump shot. He might shoot a 15-footer, but he ain't shooting no threes. So it all depends on what their system is. But I think Isaiah Jackson can have an impact on the right roster. So you got Isaiah Jackson. You got Dwayne Washington Jr. Now, I know he went to Ohio State. I know a lot of people that, that live in Michigan that really don't rock with Ohio State. I get it. They wear red. That's the school down south. Cool. I get it. But Dwayne Washington Jr. had a really good career at Ohio State. He had 16 points a game as a junior. And he's been doing really well in the interview. So in the draft process, um, NBA teams will call you in to interview you. They'll call you in to work out. And from what I've been told, uh, he's had some really good workouts. He's had some really good interviews. And expect him to get drafted in the mid-second round. It's just, just going to happen. Just expect that to happen. You also have Isaiah Livers out of Michigan. Uh, scored close to 1,000 points at Michigan, 980 points or something like that. Um, he's going to be that forward that you need shooting from. So if you go small ball, he can play the four. A little bit, kind of like a Trevor Ariza, and just stretch the four with his shooting. I, I think he's going to be more like a Mikael Bridges, where he could be a big four. Mikael Bridges six six, and but he can shoot the three. So if you can, and, and what I told somebody that's close to him, it's like, look, coach, you got to be able to make forty percent from three. If you make forty percent from three, you're going to play. Desmond Bain plays twenty minutes a game or close to twenty minutes a game. He shot forty three percent from three this year. So if you can make 40%, that's why Miles Bridges had the stretch where he was going crazy. He shot 42% from three this year. So if you can shoot in the 40s, there's a roster spot for you in the NBA, particularly if you're 6'6". And he about 6'6", 6'7". Like I said, that big forward that can knock down shots. So he might go to a veteran team. You might see him at like a San Antonio, um, you know, Lakers, you know, Charlotte, something like that in the second round. You also have Spencer Littleson. And I know people probably like, Okay, I've heard that name before. I know Coach Cam is talking about Spencer Littleson. Uh, out of Toledo, uh, best team out of the MAC this year. He shot 47% from three. He made 103 threes this year. I want to say number one or number two in the country. Most made threes in the country. Spencer Littleson. So you probably say, man, are there really teams that will draft a Spencer Littleson? Yes. Yes, you drafted Duncan Robinson. He ain't no different. Now, he a few inches smaller. Duncan... Duncan is there a bit of 6'7"? You know, Spencer is about 6'4", but I mean, Luke Kennard 6'4". Luke Kennard 6'4". So, I mean, it's like there are some teams that need you to do one thing. And the Lakers, they were the 21st ranked team in the NBA and made three-pointers. They worked out Spencer Littleson. And guess what? Don't be surprised if the Lakers have a late pick in the draft. It's like the one to the very two last picks of the draft, and they pick Spencer Littleson. 
Don't be surprised. You heard it here first. Ain't nobody talking about a pick. Everybody want to talk about the top five. I'm telling you about the bottom five. Spencer Littleson might get picked late in the second round, and it's probably going to be to the Lakers because they need shooting. LeBron needs a guy like Matt Miller. Matt Miller sounds familiar, right? Yeah, we had Matt Miller in Cleveland. Just stand in the corner and make threes. So all we need you to do, I'm sorry, not Matt Miller, Kyle Korver, tripping. Same person, different shooter. You, you, those guys, those the, the Millers, the Kyle Corvers, you know, the Duncan Robinsons, they have a place in this league because everybody like guys that can make threes. And if you can do it at a high level, ah, yeah, we got room for you. Look at Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes' career shoots 43% from three in the NBA. Career. And he just declined his player option. So he, he getting the bag. Somebody paying him? Somebody paying him? A guy that just come off the bench and make threes? Yeah, I need that on my team. You might look up, he get a $30, $40 million deal. Brent Forbes, yes. Shooting. The game is about being able to make threes, and they can do it at a very high level. So expect, oh, I want to say expect, so he might be one of them guys that get a free agent deal, uh, like Fred Van Vliet got a free agent deal, didn't get drafted, or he went second round, one of them. That's what's going to happen to Spencer Littleson. So you, you got them, you got Romeo Weems, you got Justin Turner, you got Danny Pippen, you got some other guys that might get some free agent deals, some two-way deals, some summer league deals, and they played right here in the state of Michigan. So if you want to check out my article, make sure you go to mittenrecruit.com and check out my article on mitten recruits from the mitten to the NBA. Now, other NBA topics I wanted to cover this week. I'm going to try giving y'all more uh, weekly pots because I got, you know, I got a little, I got time to do it. So I'm going to do it. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is the Bucks. They won the title. They did what they were supposed to do. The Greek freak was phenomenal. He had three phenomenal games. Game three, game three, game, no, game four, game five, game, whatever it was. He had 50 points in game six. And in game five, he had the alley-oop dunk for the game. And in game four, he had the block against eight. There, there he is. The best players that he does. Giannis did what MVPs are supposed to do. MVPs are supposed to dominate and they're supposed to win. Period. Steph Curry won MVP. He won the title. KD won the MVP. He won the title. LeBron won MVP. They won the title. That's what MVPs are supposed to do. You're supposed to win the title, man. And that's exactly what Giannis did. So shout out to the Bucs. Um, but they locked Booker up, man. They got to lock Booker up. Booker got to go in the lab and watch that film and figure out, like, like what did it Drew Holiday do to me? Because I couldn't score on him or P.J. Tucker. And that was the changing of the series was, you know, where was Booker? I mean, he played, he played okay, but you can't be okay in the finals. And I'm going to ask y'all this question. Does CP3 get a pass? Does he get a pass? We've been on CP3 for the longest and then everybody wanted CP3 to win. It's like, oh, this is his year. He's going to win it. He's in NBA Finals. Does he get a pass because they lost? I say yes. Give him a pass, man. You know, we're not hating. The, well, I ain't going to call him the point guy. We ain't going to do all of that. But if you look at it, I mean, it wasn't like Chris Paul played bad. I mean, he had 25 and 6 in the game they lost. It was just the other guys to step up at the plate. Like DeAndre Ayton just got bullied. I mean, Giannis just bullied him. Just straight bullied him. Six games straight. You can't guard me. You're going to foul me. You're going to be in foul trouble. You're not going to be a factor. That's what he did to Aiton. He did exactly that. So it's kind of like, 
I'm gonna give Chris Paul a pass, man, because he has such a uh, such a great run. He's he's gonna return to Phoenix and get that 44 million dollars he's supposed to get next year instead of getting the, the veterans minimum was like nine million. You don't give up 35 million when you're 33, 34, 35. When you in your 30s, you don't turn down the bag. I'm sorry, just to win no ring. He's smart enough not to do that. And I know his wife would be like, fool, is you crazy? You gonna turn down $35 million? I'm trying to get a new house and a new car. No, 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 no. Yeah, the wives ain't letting that go down. They not doing it. They not doing it. So he gonna go back to Phoenix. So hopefully he can do the same thing next year. Hopefully he can. But I'm gonna give him a pass. I, you know, it was the other guys. It wasn't all on Chris Paul. It wasn't all on Chris Paul. So, you know, I'm gonna give him a pass. But I'm definitely not calling him the point guard. Team USA is in trouble, man. I don't think Team USA wins the goal. And if they win the goal, it's going to be last possession, KD, top of the key three. Something crazy like that. Like, they're not going to be, they're not going to be, they're not going to blow away uh, Slovenia because Luka's on the tear. They're not going to blow out Argentina. They're not going to blow out Brazil. Like, these are going to be good games. France, they just lost to France. So, they're, if they win it, it's going to come down to their uber-talented players, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, to play out of their minds. Like, play like the superstars that they are. They can't go through the motions. They're going to have to really dig down in their bag, and they're going to have to really, they're going to have to play for real. They can't just show up and beat the players. Players where I was disrespectful, man. I didn't really appreciate that, how you got three guys that play in the NBA Finals, and you're going to fly them out the day after they they. They win or lost or played in the NBA fight and play them in the game so that they had no practice. They had no training. Of course, they're high level players. They're high level athletes. I get that. But it's disrespectful to the process. Disrespectful to fly three guys out. They ain't, ain't practice. It's like flying guys out for AAU and they just show up and they play. And that's why you lost. So. Well, Drew Holiday probably start the next game. And did he play very well? Drew Holiday did play very well. Because that's that's just what guys like that, they're wired to do. But to the process of the Olympic Games, to the process of the basketball committee, it was disrespectful, man. It was disrespectful to do that. And if you're not going to send the first team all NBA guys, just, just think of the guys that we got sitting at home. James Harden, he's sitting at home. Russell Westbrook sitting at home. Uh, Kyrie Irving sitting at home. LeBron James is sitting at home. Anthony Davis is sitting at home. So our best players in the NBA, they're not playing. You got one or two all NBA first team, second team guys, Damon KD. But the other guys, like Jason Tatum, didn't even make any of the teams. He's a good player, great player. But like either you send the first team all NBA guys or you put a team together, you pass, just pass the torch to the young dogs, man. Trey Young. Zion Williamson, Spider Mitchell, pass the torch to them. I tell you this, if Jason Tatum was playing with them, he'd probably play better. He probably does. He, what motivation does Kevin Durant have to play for Team USA? He already won two gold medals. What, what's his motivation to play? He, he made enough money. Like, what's his motivation? So, like, get some of these young, because we don't lose 19 and under. We don't lose. Get some of these young, hungry, first or two, second year NBA guys. Um, do the training camp like you've been doing. Respect the process. And stop picking Stop picking some of these stars that would rather be doing something else. Just stop it. Because you just can't show up and beat teams on the highest stage of the world. So I got a question for you. Is Popovich overrated? Is Greg Popovich the coach that's won 
five NBA championships. That's won the coach of the year three times in the NBA. Is he overrated? Because last time I checked, Team USA ain't never lost three games before. And a lot of times it comes down to the coach. It's already rumblings that the players don't really get along with the coach. It, now, they, now they blaming the offense, and I get that. But I understand where it's coming from. They don't respect, I ain't gonna say they don't respect Pop, but Pop in the 70s, man. He in the 70s. Like, I understand he a basketball mind, but he probably stuck in his ways like some of these other older coaches. Just stuck in the ways, doing the shit they used to do 10 years ago. Ain't never changed nothing, and they gonna lose. When these real players, it's like, first of all, you didn't even play in the league. And the second of all, probably Nate McMillan should be the coach. Ooh, I bet you Nate McMillan can change the tables here. <laughs> I love Nate McMillan. I love what he did with Atlanta. Uh, but they didn't even hire him, man. Any other place fired him. And he goes to Atlanta, and they take him all the way to the conference finals. It's like, come on, man. It's other good coaches other than Greg Pop. Now, when the last time he won without Kawhi, Tim Duncan, um, Tony Parker, and Ginobili? I'll wait. Never. He didn't win a title without them. Now, you'll say, oh, they were good players. Well, Tim Duncan is regarded as one of the, the best power forwards ever. Kawhi Leonard went to another team, won the title by himself, basically. So another, and he was young too. So you get it, and he was, he was an all-NBA guy. So you got Kawhi Leonard, that's a young up-and-coming player. You got Tony Parker, who's one of the better point guards. I'll say Par Tony Parker is probably top 25 all-time. For, for point guards. I'll put him in the top 25. I'll put him in the top 25. He won three titles. You got to put him there. You got to put him there. So, and then on that, you have probably one of the best international players ever in Ginobili to play in the NBA. So, of course, you're going to win titles with those guys. But when those guys left, it wasn't like he was doing some phenomenal coaching. I mean, he ain't even been to playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs, they like the AFC. So, how great of a coach it's Coach Pop without the best power forward ever. I, I think he might be a little bit overrated. And I think some of these guys on Team USA is kind of like, ah, I'm kind of cool on him, man. Kind of cool on him. Like, yeah, all right, when you got Tim Duncan, but we ain't, what happens when we ain't got them guys? Now what you going to do? And that's kind of what's happening with the Team USA. They're in shambles. I don't think they're going to win the gold, man. And if, like I said, if they win the gold, it's going to come down to a last possession Last second shot type of deal. KD's gonna make it at the top of the three. And if it does, just call me Cam Stradamus. Call me Coach Cam Stradamus. Right? Because we predict the future. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most. Man, I'm gonna get ready for this draft. I got my shooting camp coming up in a couple hours. So I'm gonna get ready for that. Hopefully, we get some more players in the gym. We had about 10 players in the gym yesterday. We'll have the same amount of number, maybe a little bit more. We're gonna watch the draft later. We're gonna get it in. But it's your coach that knows hoops the most, man. I try to keep it under 50 minutes. I think we ride at about 46, 47 to give you just enough basketball content to lead you into the weekend. And I'm gonna holler at y'all on the next episode, man. Peace. It's your coach.